Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm really excited for today's guest that we have on today. Um, We're doing a topic that I don't believe I have touched on at all yet on this podcast, um, which seems crazy to me because it's a very important one. We're talking about parenting, and um, I am a mom to a seven-year-old daughter, so I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. Um, So today we are joined by Alyssa Rose. Alyssa is a soul parenting mentor. She helps parents create awareness so that they can build peaceful, happy homes with their children. Alyssa empowers moms to reduce stress and overwhelm by mentoring them through their parenting journey, walking through any obstacles together, and helping them to discover their inner power, which creates a deeper connection with their children to help them feel safe, seen, heard, and allows them to thrive and bloom. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for being here. And um, I think that is so important in your approach. It sounds so much in line with what we talk about on this podcast and what I'm so passionate about. So I I love that. Um, Just to get started, do you maybe want to share with listeners a little bit about maybe your journey and what brought you to this point of doing the work that you're doing now? Sure. So I have four children of my own. I have um, one that is older, 19. I have an 11 year old, a nine year old and a six year old. So, um, so in my parenting journey, um, I obviously had my first one very young, got married very young and probably about, um, I think it was like five or six years ago, I had gone to a Tony Robbins conference in uh, Calgary. And at that time, on the outside, I really looked like I had it all together. I was president of the PTA for two years in a row. I showed up to all my kids' school events. I was a stay-at-home mom. I did all the stereotypical things that you would think people do um, and, and really just had it all together. And on the inside, I was absolutely dying inside. So at this Tony Robbins seminar, he said something along the lines of, what would you need to do to make the change in order to live your best life? And in that moment, I knew that I needed to leave my husband. So a year later, I had done exactly that. And for me, that was my rock bottom. And so I uh, started taking personal development, um, really got involved in that, really found a spiritual practice. And my coach, my life coach, my mentor, she always says, there are two ways to change your life. It's either through affirmations or blowing up your life. And that is exactly what I did. I blew up my life, left my husband that I had been married to for almost 20 years and basically started over as a single mom. So um, I have walked through the fire and now I want to help other moms 
walk through the fire as well. I want to help them um, create homes that they love with their children and reduce stress and overwhelm because there are so many aspects of parenting that cause stress and overwhelm and it can really take its toll on how we show up as parents. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people can relate. There are a lot of, you know, single moms out there, um, moms in, you know, second relationships and things like that. So it's, it's a very common scenario that we, you know, can very much, I can relate to being a single mom to my seven-year-old daughter as well. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that and that journey that you had. And um, I think that is important that yeah, what you've gone through yourself. And I love that now that you've gone through that yourself is just sharing and, and helping mentor and, and teach people along the way that might be going through similar scenarios. And, um, you know, maybe it might be a bit different, but you're right. There's so many elements to parenting. There's right. yes. Yeah. And I would even also add that even if you're in relationship, you're in primary partnership with the biological dad of your children, um, that isn't to say that there isn't pieces of self-awareness that don't kind of carry over. So my personal experience is that of being a single mom. And a lot of the concepts that I teach and that I walk parents through are that of relationships. And so it's the relationship that we're specifically talking about to our children and how we nourish that through the context of self-awareness. Um, but I don't, I don't know that it really matters whether they are single moms or married moms or any range in between. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a whole different scenario. And at every age too, that your child goes through, it's like, you always think, okay, I got through that. And then Mm -hmm. it's just like a different version of another one (laughs) that you get to. Yes. (laughs) Um, So that's always interesting as well. And it keeps Mm -hmm. you guessing. Um, What would you say are some of the biggest challenges you're seeing for parents right now? So with everything that we've been going through with the pandemic, it's really changed probably what parenting looks like. And um, just because it's changed kind of our, our home lives and what it looks like in our work lives. And so what would you say are the biggest challenges you're seeing people right now have to navigate? Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely. I think it varies from person to person. Um, one of the big ones that I see is isolation. Generally, people are working from home. They've got childcare. Um, whether they do or don't, their chi- their children are probably home a little bit more often. They're isolated from family members, from community, from connection, from people who were their, so to speak, village. Playdates are probably not happening as often. And then it brings up a lot of mental health stuff, I think. So anxiety, depression from being isolated. And um, and certainly I can speak for myself and I, and I talk about this a lot is uh, when my kids are home for long periods of time, they fight with each other and everyone goes a little bit stir crazy. And so I think the lack of support and the mentality of that, we're all in this together, but we're actually doing it alone. And so um, that's, that's the main challenge. And then what I recommend is finding your tribe and finding people that are like-minded, finding um, perhaps mentorship or coaching or community, a mom's group, some type of connection where even though you might be alone, you're not actually ever alone. Yeah, I love that. You're right. It is that whole, we're in this together, but you're right. It's not like we're Mm -hmm. having to do a lot more on our own. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't have the same supports that exist. 
Uh, my daughter was, she's home for um, being done school now for the holidays. And she was on like mm-hmm. her tablet on messenger and playing dolls with her friend. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny and, and creative. Like, I guess we say like, you know, keep screen time down, but it feels like this is a good use of screen time. Cause they're actually just yeah. playing with their toys. Um, and yeah, it's, she's an only child. So I've, I've felt for her throughout um, the pandemic because she didn't have as much opportunity to interact with other kids too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great reframe on screen time because the narrative that we've been fed, and on some level, it's true that screen time causes all sorts of things for children. But on the flip side, um, it's a way for them to have connection. Just like when we're on social media and we're seeing what other people are up to, it's connection for us as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What about then, speaking of kind of social media, I think of like as parents, oftentimes there's, there's a comparison. And I think the easy comparison to make is through, um, social media and, you know, what we're seeing our, our friends and, and them doing with their children or other family members on social media. And it can be like, I guess, really overwhelming sometimes because it's, I guess often, I mean, with social media, you're oftentimes seeing the best of it or those perfect moments. And Mm -hmm. we don't get to see maybe the messiness, but you know, as we're seeing it and we're not really processing it that way. And we're like, wow, they seem to have it all together and they make it look so easy. And, um, oh, they're, you know, baking cookies and doing this activity, that activity. And you're like, well, now I feel like a bad mom because that's not what I'm doing. And I don't have time for that right now. And so for, for people that are feeling that, that pressure of the comparison and, and social media and the whole, I think you had it in one of your posts that I saw about that whole, like kind of underneath feeling like it just feels a lot more messy than what other people have going on. Like, what would you say yeah. about that for people? Yeah. You know, I, I always joke and I just, I say, I am some version of a hot mess always, <laughs> no matter how put together I seem, there's always something something's got to give, right? So I've known moms that have a perfect spotless house and their mental health has declined. And, and I think that's the thing with social media is it's this comparison. It's this platform where we look at other people's highlight reels. Um, and, and it reinforces this program, especially for women of not being worthy and not being good enough. And why I'm so passionate about what I do because I know it's out there. I know it's on social media. It's a part of what we're consuming and it's contributing to the mentality and program of lack. And it can really affect how we parent and how we show up as parents when we think that we're not good enough. Um, I recently did a social media cleanse and I was off social media for seven days, which doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, in the grand scheme of how long I've been on social media, it was, it was huge. And so I I recommend that now to anybody struggling with that kind of comparison mentality. Um, Let's just get off, get off social media um, and really focus on this. One of the things, the core principles that I teach is being present in the moment and being really just grounded into what is happening right now. And being on social media, it's not only a way of numbing and possibly checking out, but it also takes us out of the present moment and can really slip us into anxiety. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So maybe doing a bit of a cleanse or if you're feeling that way, 
Um, especially if you can't like reframe it and remind yourself. Cause again, when you're going through it, I find that it's not in our heads, like, Oh, a, a reminder, you know, we're seeing the best of the best. They're not going to, people are less inclined to share um, that vulnerable side. And so um, have, if that's not still not working and it's like you said, when you're just kind of like scrolling through for, for coping or for, yeah, just blindly mm-hmm. doing that and not really putting a lot of thought in, but then realizing afterwards, like you feel, you know, you don't feel as great about yourself. You're like, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough. Um, so doing a cleanse, right. maybe, um, your idea of being, so doing like being present, um, and grounding, what is that? Like, do you want to elaborate a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah. And I think the mentality of, of, being in the doing of everything, especially for moms, and so especially around Christmas, right? There's endless to-do lists, endless things on the go. Um, it's that piece around just taking a moment and pausing. And so um, I just did a video on this the other day. One of the things that that can look like is, and I, and I know it sounds so simplistic, but breathing. And so, um, taking that moment to really focus in on the breath, inhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four and exhale for a count of four and just grounding into noticing the breath. You can also do like just noticing like the thing that you're touching. So if you're sitting down on a chair, just notice how the chair feels underneath you. If you're looking at something, just notice, okay, I'm seeing this, observing your surroundings and bringing yourself back into that present moment. And so, and so that's what I mean by grounding and becoming present, just focusing in. Okay. I love it. Um, what else? Do, oh, what about, okay. So single parents, um, yeah. when it feels like you're juggling a lot, you're wearing multiple hats, you're, you're doing it all. Um, are there any tips you have? Because a lot of that can lead to very much being stressed, overwhelmed, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot when you have the sort of, you don't have necessarily that extra person around to support you through all of it um, when it comes to children. So any kind of ideas or tips for single parents? Yeah, I, I suggest, um, that's a great question, finding community or tribe, people who are like-minded, who you can get, like, not maybe not even physically gather with, but in some way have that safe place to be able to just be. And if you can't find that, um, lean into rituals and routines. And so what does that look either when you get up in the morning, throughout your day, and at the end of the day. And so I've often heard that this just feels like one more thing that you have to do. And so like on some level, yeah, it is just one more thing that you have to do. But if this is the thing that fills your cup, in order for you to feel replenished and then you can give more to your children, to yourself, that in itself is going to reduce stress, reduce overall. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be like doing five sun salutations in the morning, every morning, just to ground in, focus on breath and, um, and bring yourself back to yourself essentially. Um, and then carry on throughout your day. So it doesn't have to be big or time consuming, just that, that piece around what is something I do every day that's for myself and it doesn't need to take more than five minutes. Okay. Okay. And I find too, like some of the struggle, I guess, for me personally, one of the struggles as a single mom, that's also 
building a business and, and having big goals, like being a high achiever and saying, but also I want to do this, this, and this in my career. And yes, I'm a mom and a single mom too. I found myself really hesitant to share that I'm a single mom with people because um, especially in the business sense, because I always assumed that they were going to jump to conclusions about, well, then you're not going to be as invested. You're not going to take this serious. Or if you're, you know, if your child's sick or something, you're going to be gone. And so what would you say for that when it's that whole, like that thing about, you know, you can have it all. And then it's like, well, no, you can't have it all. (laughs) So what, what, what is that? And how does that look? And how can we help, you know, in that internal battle where it feels like, also that we want almost like we want society to believe in us and our capabilities too, and not judge us. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a great question. It's something I encounter as well. Um, and, and I would say, be gentle on yourself and, and yes, you can have it all. And I would add to that, that something's got to give. And so uh, for me, I have come to realize that cleaning my house is just not as important as some of the other goals that I have. And so sometimes my dishes get left undone at the end of the night. And it's something I've, I've just made my peace with. And so, so on some level, absolutely, you can have it all. Um, but what needs, what, what would be less important in that thing just needs to be able to to not happen. And for me, it's cleaning my house. It's never been important to me. I've never been one of those people that's I've uh, been really antsy about having to get everything clean before bed. And so for me, letting that go is not that big of a deal. And for someone else, it could be something else completely. Yeah. I'm there with you. I'm like, oh, cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> and mom always comes over to point out my, the messiness or thinks she has to yeah. clean. I'm like, mom, it's okay. Yeah. It's mine okay. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the priority. I do the priority. I agree with you. Just so having that priority and, and being okay with it and knowing yeah, that something has to give, like we can't do it all. There's only a certain amount of hours in the day and let's prioritize the things that are important um, when it comes to our, our work lives or being parents and, and things like that. Um, what about like specific kind of things that come up with kids? So I don't know. I think maybe the reason I haven't had a call like this, I just, I feel like a lot of the times my daughter, Ivy, she's just, she's really easy and, and she'll, (laughs) she listens. She just, you know, I'll be like, Hey, you need to clean your room. It's getting messy or okay. It's bedtime and it's time to go to sleep. And she'll (laughs) go like, there's not, there's sometimes a little bit of pushback and I'll be like, well, no, it's this time. And and that's bedtime. Okay. And so I'm like, I guess Mm -hmm. I've been lucky, but there is there is sorts of things coming up and, and sometimes where I'm like, mm, what do I do here? And um, so some of the common challenges kids have and um, one that's coming up for Ivy, I think is just like with her school and friendships, it sounds like there might be some like bullying going on. Um, what about for people that have kids that maybe aren't as good of, you know, listeners and, um, and cause us, you know, or, or challenge us more or, um, having kids get motivated. Like I know school is a big one too, with Ivy, apparently she hates school. And so that's always tough too. Cause I'm like, I liked school, so I don't understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so things like that, like, is there kind of ideas for some of these common obstacles that parents experience with their children at sort of different stages and ages and yeah. things like that? You know, it's so interesting, even though these things are common across the board on some level with all children, right? I I would say, probably safe to say that 
on some level, all children will experience some kind of bullying. Um, all parents say, oh, my kid's not listening to me. There seems to always be an underlying theme of uh, can't get them motivated for school and homework. Um, and, and so while that these things are common, every situation is so different and so unique. Every child is so different and unique and each child has like their own way of doing things. So there isn't really like a one size fits all solution for these kinds of things. And, and often these things are a symptom of something else. So I help parents dive deep into what is going on from a place of uh, self-awareness. Self and so uh, what is the, so deep into the behavior that they're experiencing their child to be having, but also to do some reflective work on how they can show up for their kids and what's going on for them. So I'll give you an example um, with the not being into school and doing homework my parents are very secular based. And so if I ever was not into school, that would be very triggering for them. And so what is it about whatever that situation or issue is that is triggering the parent? And then I help the parents work through that trigger so that in whatever way they feel best serves their parent-child relationship, they can show up and parent from the best of their abilities where they're showing up as 100%. Okay. That's interesting. So seeing, yeah. Why is it cause like if it's causing that inner turmoil or anxiety or yeah. like, oh, like at your wits end about totally. something, what is it? Cause I found yeah. out, I took Ivy on vacation recently and I had said something like, I want to walk down to the beach. Like, let's go do that after. And she was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, inside, mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, you didn't. Like you're in your <laughs> head. You're like, I took you on this trip. I paid for it. You're lucky to even, and I didn't get these opportunities when I was a kid because we weren't able to afford it. So that was probably really triggering to me. It's almost like not being yeah. grateful and, and her having this almost like expectation and, and me wanting to be like, you're lucky that you're even getting these things that I would have not even gotten anything near as a child. And so I think that's right. what really bothered me about her reaction yeah. when she probably wasn't, like, she doesn't and, know. It's so fascinating that, that when we have children, we're, we're guiding them through their human experience. We get to see them as mirrors for our own triggers, right? They really highlight to us what is, you know, because they're triggering things in us, they're highlighting to us what is still yet to be healed, what's still yet to be worked on. So it's such a fascinating relationship that we have with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still, yeah, but they're your little buddies that'll stick around for anything too. So I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, I'm lucky to yeah. have a little, my little sidekick. Um, totally. You talk about like deeper connections with children. So that's, it's an interesting idea and thought too, that maybe we don't really consider as parents, like how can we make sure we're forming these deep connections? I think as all parents, we want to have a great relationship with our children. Um, but then, yeah, it seems like sometimes the busyness of life or the, you know, it's, well, we have to do this and then you do this and that and that, and we have to get this done. And there might be moments where it's like, you've been there and been present with your children, but you haven't really felt connected um, so I think that's like an important reminder and, and how is that, that we, that we make sure that we're doing that on, on a daily base basis with our kids. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, connection when, when you, when there's a parent child dynamic, sometimes it's that it can be seen like that the parent is the authority figure. And on some level, yes, we are, we're there to set boundaries and direct them, but it's not, um, 
not really from a place of uh, you do as I say. And when I say jump, you say how high, in, in my opinion anyways. Um, and so that piece around connection is really allowing them to feel heard and seen. So in the case where you wanted to go for a walk with your daughter on the beach and she wanted to do something else, uh, just really getting curious about, okay, fine. What is it that you, what do, why don't you want to go for a walk? What is it that you would rather do? Is there a way that we can come to um, a solution where both of us feel like we're getting what we want? So both of us feel like we're walking away with a win. And, and I think sometimes things get blurred because when it's a parent-child relationship, like exactly what you say, those things get triggered in us, right? And it's like, well, why don't you want to go for a walk? I paid for this vacation. Of course you should want to go for a walk with me. And, and so it's, it's dealing with those things that come up and so that we can have better, deeper connections with our children. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think it's important because it's when I see certain things in Ivy, yeah, it's almost that it is triggering, but at the same time, you're, it's, you don't want to like, you don't want it, that part of them to go away. Cause it's when they're, when they're objecting or having an opinion or saying something back to when we're having these, okay, we need to do this or that, or giving direction or whatever it looks like. And, and they say something and it's, I don't know, some people might consider it talking back and stuff, but I always see it as, you know, I'm glad she's saying something. I'm glad she has a voice and I don't want to be the person that makes that leave her. Cause I know I was very quiet and shy child. And I felt like that was a really big struggle then growing up into like my adult years was having, finding my voice and feeling comfortable enough to express it. Cause it was like that thought of, you know, as a kid, it was like, you're not supposed, you're supposed to be seen and not heard. And that was what I was seeing around me and, and what the, the parents had as, you know, opinions of how children are supposed to be. And, and so I think that would, did me a really disservice. Like you spend then years of your adult life trying to work that out of you saying, well, I do have a voice. I'm allowed to express my opinion. So I think, you know, making sure with our kids that we're remembering that like we're we're creating these little human beings like so they grow up like they're going to be adults one day and what we're doing now is molding and shaping what they're going to what they are going to live their lives like or how they're the things they're going to have to you know deal with and we don't want to have to I don't think any of us want our children to have to deal with like you know inner battles or going through Mm -hmm. years of therapy or something like that because it's something that we did and not even maybe inadvertently or not even realizing. So I guess understanding like, how can we make sure that we're helping our children, like supporting them, get getting these values in place like that um, Mm -hmm. self-love and confidence and, you know, all these things that we want them to be and, and as adults and grow into. And I'm sure then everything we're doing now is probably very much shaping it. Like I even think of just kids with money and, um, with what I do, I'm always reminding people to teach your kids about money and talk to your kids about money because they're going to be adults that have money one day. And we don't do that. It's almost like we just, we, we don't necessarily remember that we have to prepare them for adult life and, and these, the values we want them to have and, and, you know, living their best lives. So I guess, how can we make sure that we're, you know, letting them, like grow up as these little human beings and that we can in all ways possible create like a healthy future for them as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so great. And I think that 
ultimately is the goal for most people. And it's, it's that piece around that, you know, we have that awareness that, hey, I have spent a large portion of my adult life unlearning certain traits that didn't serve me. And how can I not pass that down to my children? So first of all, having that awareness of, hey, this isn't serving and I need to do something different. So the only way that we'll get a different result is if we do something different. If you always do the same thing that you've always done, the same thing that you've always been taught, you're going to get the same results. And so the first piece is having that awareness. And then the second piece is then creating a different result. So what is the thing that we need to do, be, or have to be able to create a different, a different result in our child? And so and I love what you said about um, that, you know, you want your child to be able to come to you, even though it's triggering for you. And so it's that piece around like, thank you. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for feeling safe enough with me to, to voice your feelings, even though I don't really like what you said and I'm feeling really upset and hurt right now. I just want to thank you for being so honest with me and, and let's figure out something else. So that's, that's kind of the first piece. And so um and then secondly, to be able to, to once having that awareness, um, like what is a new possibility? And so stepping into that piece around um, that there are actually limitless possibilities. And so when we step outside the box of what we've always known, there are so many different ways and options. And, you know, I joke sometimes like, yes, I'm, I'm breaking the pattern of what has always been. But possibly, I mean, the possibility exists that I'm creating a whole other set of <laughs> issues, but I'm breaking the patterns that have always not served me. So that's, that's where we'll just sit and focus on. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, being aware of what those patterns were, what didn't serve us and just saying, reminding yeah. ourselves, you know, where that might be coming up, um, is so mm -hmm. important. I think that's, those are awesome ideas. And like you said, just saying, thank you. That's a good good approach being like, thank you for bringing that up or thank you, you know, for being open to share that with me. Cause you, you want that, you want that open dialogue mm -hmm. and communication. I love that. Um, what about another thing I find? I'm, I guess I'm using myself as I'm learning a lot. These are good, important lessons <laughs> for me, but That's another great. one, and I think it has to do with money too. And I think of, um, it's important cause it's, it's very much overlaps with what I do, but it's, it's like, our money stories and what we're passing on to our kids. So for instance, I grew up very much, um, we struggled and it was, we didn't have a lot when it came to finances. That was very much a stressful topic. And, um, so that's what I grew up experiencing. And then I knew as a mom now to my daughter, it was, well, I never want her to feel that I never want her to not be able to get what she wants or asks for. And so I feel like though the pendulum kind of swings too far the other way, and you're starting to, you know, be on the verge of, I guess, like spoiling your child. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's that, how do we find that balance? How do we make sure that we're not going so far the other direction because of something we went through that, that maybe it's like, you're sort of doing a disservice in another way. Right. And, and so that's, that's why I joke about, yes, I'm breaking the one pattern, but possibly am I creating a new one? <laughs> Um, and I think really it comes back down to the self-awareness piece that, that you have that mentality or that awareness, that, that program, you know about that program of lack and, and, and while you don't want it to swing completely the other way where you're now creating a 
program of we can have anything we want no matter what, and then possibly creating another problem. It's that piece around self-awareness in that what kinds of conversations are we having around money? So I'll give you an example of something that recently happened. I recently had my carpets cleaned in my house. And when I talked to the guy, he said it was going to cost X amount of dollars. What he forgot to tell me was that it's X amount of dollars per hour. So when I got the bill, it was probably about three times as much as I had expected to pay. And my kids were like, can we, my carpets were still wet. And they're like, can we go sleep in a hotel tonight? And I was like, well, I just spent a lot of money. So no, um, and, and so really then being mindful of the languaging that I was using, um, that it wasn't out of lack that we're not going to go spend the night in a hotel because our carpets are still wet. Um, but, but being mindful that ener- money is energy. This is a whole other topic that I'm sure we could do another podcast on that money is actually energy. And so while sometimes it goes, it also flows back to us. And when we live in the place of abundance and not lack, that it'll actually just come back to us. But we do have to be mindful and responsible and have boundaries around how we're spending our money. Because even though we live in abundance, we can't just spend all willy nilly. And so I think it's the type and quality of the conversations you're using and having, and really the languaging that you're using in having those conversations with the kids and catching yourself. So that's the self-awareness piece, right? There's always layers upon layers to self-awareness. And so it's a self-awareness piece around, okay, I just said that I spoke that out into the universe. Now, now I want to explain what I meant by that. And so having those conversations with the kids. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think too, with what you're saying and what I'm getting is that it's just that, you know, this takes more dialogue, more open, like conversation and communication with our children, instead of just being like, no, cause I said, so it's giving them an explanation and, and it's just like, I think of it akin to like training someone new for a position. Like at first you have to give them a lot of information when you're training and it, and you do a lot of like explaining, um, but you do it because you want them to learn it. Cause if you're not, then down the line, no one's going to pick up any information or learn anything. And, and if you're yeah. just sort of throwing orders at them or saying, you know, just do this, this, and this, but not explaining the whys and the ins and outs, they're not going to learn it. And then they're not going to be able to apply and go forward. So it's, we're almost like having to take the long road with our children. And so it's like, we're, we're training them. We're, they're teach, we're teaching, they're learning. And so we do have to give those sometimes long-winded explanations and dialogue, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's to save us from having these conversations over and over <laughs> again too. Yeah. I love that. They're, they're adults in training. Yeah. And we're helping train yeah. them. I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you share just to be mindful of time? I love this conversation. And like I said, we could probably have lots more um, chats about this, but um, I, I notice you have a new parenting group coming up that's starting, I think in the new year. Um, so do you want to share a little bit about that with listeners? Yeah, I, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, so I just noticed that uh Connection is obviously missing during the time of COVID. And in general, right, it's it's very easy to feel isolated as a mom. Um, I've joined mom's groups in the past, and really they've affirmed to me my unworthiness. And it was the same thing that we talked about earlier, just really feeling like everyone else has it all together and I am falling apart. And so it's a place where not only do we build community and connection, but also we'll be talking about different themes every month. And so we'll talk about um, things like creating 
the possibility of a win-win for your child? Um, what does it look like for us to be able to truly take self-care and that doesn't look like bubble baths in a day at the spa? Um, and then do some teaching around that. And then it's also an accountability group. So taking inspired action to create the results that we want in our lives and with our children so that we can live peaceful, happy homes. And it, it's, it's a place where people can come check in. We'll have a Facebook accountability group um, and just some space and time for us to actually create um, deliberate time for ourselves. So it's two hours every month where we're taking that space for ourselves to create results in our lives. I love that. I think that's such a good idea. And and like you're saying, it's it's inclusive, it's welcoming. It's not that to make you feel like you're doing, you know, you're not doing it right or to make you have the, the guilt after when you leave that that's the exact opposite of what it's trying to do. And I think that's amazing. Like I think for any parents, I'm very interested in joining. So I'll ask you for some details after, and we for can, sure. I guess we can share the link. This will air early in the new year. So, um, um, will you be able to share the link and I can add it to the show notes? Absolutely. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I'll make sure I include that. Um, I'll, I guess we better wrap up for time purposes, but thank you so much, Alyssa. This was amazing. And I loved all your ideas and it just, it feels, it feels comfortable. It feels good. It, if, if I love this kind of conversation about parenting. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for your time and tuning in. And I will catch you on next week's episode as well. Bye for now. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.